Good morning, everybody out there in podcast land, and welcome to another episode of Jesus and Coffee. Amen. Where we have coffee, we read the scripture, we meditate on the scripture, we dig into the scripture. This is a morning devotion for anybody who's interested. My name is Jay Brooks. I'm your host. I am a Christian. I am a father. I am a husband. I am a grandfather. In no necessary particular order, I am all those things. And I love Jesus. And I love coffee. Amen. Hence, the name of this broadcast. Jesus and coffee. Amen. I have my Bible open in front of me. I have a nice hot mug of dark roast coffee. So I have everything I need to start my day. So why don't you join us, pour yourself a cup of coffee, open your Bible, and let's get to it. Oh yeah, Jesus and coffee, amen. Today I will once again be reading from the NASB or New American Standard Bible. We're at John chapter 21, verses 18 through 25, the end of the chapter, the end of the gospel. All right, let's get to prayer and then read the word. Almighty God, we come before you in the name of Jesus, your Son, our Savior, the only one who loved us enough to die for us and the only one to raise from the dead to prove that he was God in the flesh. And we ask you to open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things from your holy word. We ask you to speak to us through your word because we desperately need to hear your voice. We ask you to reveal yourself to us from your word because we desperately need to know you. And we ask you to change us with your word because we desperately need to be changed. Amen. John 21, 18 through 25. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you and bring you where you do not wish to go. Now this, he said, signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. The one who also had leaned back on his bosom at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? So Peter, seeing him, said, Jesus, Lord, and what about this man? Jesus said to him, If I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Therefore, this saying went out among the brethren that that disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die, but only if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifying to these things and who wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, which if they were written in detail, I suppose that even the world itself would not contain the books that would be written. Amen. 
Today we reached the end of John's Gospel. I want to point out that the first two words in this reading are truly, truly. And just for those of you who care about these kind of things, Jesus, in John's Gospel, says truly, truly 25 times. That doesn't count the times he just says one truly. That's when he says two trulys. Truly, truly. It's emphasizing what he's about to say is important. So, he tells Peter that when he grows old, someone else will lead him where he doesn't want to go. And it says here in verse 19 that this is signifying to him by what means he will die and glorify the Lord God Almighty. And then he said to him, follow me. The tradition is, the tradition of uh, what they call the apostolic fathers. These are early church leaders that actually knew the apostles, were disciples of the apostles, such as Polycarp, who was a disciple of John. The tradition is that Peter was crucified in Rome. They also say that he was crucified upside down because he didn't feel like he was worthy to be died the same way as his Lord. I wonder if that could even be. I mean, the whole point of the crucifixion is being upright and having to suffer to raise yourself up. A person being crucified upside down would probably die a little quicker. Who knows? Now they'd probably be able to breathe easily, so they might be up there much longer. But either way, one or the other, it's not really that important. Uh, what I want to point out, what I want to uh, spend my time on this morning, the few minutes I have here to talk about this passage is what I'm going to meditate on is after he says that, when he says, follow me, and Peter turns around and looks at John and says, what about that man? You know, we can't worry about other people. I used to open the Bible to this passage and read it to one of my two sons when they would say, well, what about him, his brother? Jesus says, if I want him to live until I return, what is that to you? And then there's this little blurb in here about people thought that John was going to live forever because Jesus said that, but he says, no, that's not the truth. He did not say to him he would not die, but only if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? You know, Jesus is pretty much saying, mind your own business. Words of wisdom. All Jesus' words are words of wisdom, but mind your own business. Don't compare yourself to other people. Don't look at what other people have and don't have. Don't look at what other people can or can't do. Don't worry about your brother. Don't worry about your sister. Don't worry about a stranger. You do what you're supposed to do. Follow Jesus. Live for Jesus. Get in the Word every day. Pray every day. Are you being transformed? By the renewing of your mind? Are you taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ? I know I'm still working on that after 25 years. I'm getting better at it. I'm getting a lot better at it these days. Words of wisdom. Good advice. Mind your own business. Mind your business. Don't worry about other people. That's something that I'm going to take with me through the day. Mind your own business. Don't look at them. Don't look at other people's situations, circumstances. Pay attention to your relationship with Christ and allow it to grow. And then there's a 
kind of a personal testimony. This is the disciple who is testifying to these things and wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true. Some people say that John didn't write those words, that they were added. It doesn't matter. The point is the same. This is a true testimony by someone who knew Jesus intimately. He's the one who laid his head, as it says in this reading, on Jesus' bosom, leaned back on his bosom at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? And I love this last part. There are also many other things which Jesus did, which, if they were written in detail, I suppose that even the world itself would not contain the books that would be written. This is obviously hyperbole, but the point is, Jesus did so much more than we have in this gospel or any of the other gospels. This wasn't meant to be an extensive minute-by-minute detail of his life. But if we told of things that he did in those three years of ministry, it would take up a much bigger book than we have here now. That gives me great comfort. I hope it gives you great comfort. Because I don't need everything. This is what John wanted us to have when he was filling in the gaps from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. This is John's gospel and its completion, and he wrote it so that we would believe. And by believing, we would have eternal life. Praise God for how he has protected his word over the years. So here we are, at the end of John's Gospel, and the message for today is, mind your bidney, pay attention to you, and know that there is so much more about Jesus' life that we have no record of, but we have all we need. Amen. Praise God. Tune in tomorrow.